Welcome to Gut Wisdom, a show about work, life, and how to succeed in both. It's radio that resonates. Gut Wisdom is sponsored by the Gelb Center. Don't lose another night's sleep. Visit the sleep and wellness experts at gelbcenter.com. Now, here are your hosts, Deirdre Koppelman and J.G. John Gassman. If you find it challenging to forgive someone when you've been hurt and holding a grudge is Mm. all too familiar, or maybe you're great at forgiving others, but not so good when it comes to forgiving yourself. And then, of course, there's the challenge of asking someone to forgive you, offering up that apology and sort of owning your part. So Mm. I'm Deirdre Koppelman here with your co-host, John Gassman, a.k.a. JG. And tonight we're going to be sharing wisdoms on various aspects of forgiveness. What a great conversation we're going to have, especially in light of this is the Jewish holiday coming up where just passed, right? Today was yeah. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the Day of Forgiveness. So, you know, forgiving others, forgiving ourselves, asking for forgiveness requires us to walk sometimes in uncomfortable shoes. At least I know that for myself. And... um it's yeah. not fun. No, it's not. And tonight we have Emily Hooks on the phone with us, connecting from Austin, Texas. And Emily is actually the founder of the Forgiveness Academy. Mm. Now, who even knew that there was such a thing, that there was a Forgiveness Academy, Forgiveness Coaches? <laughs> uh, what does that say? It means like we probably all need a little help in learning how to be more forgiving, ask for forgiveness. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting show, J.J. Well, I definitely need help in this category. So Emily seems to be the definitely definitely the coach of choice, and uh, she's joining us in a couple of minutes. So it should be fascinating and interesting as we talk about this topic. Mm-hmm. So you ready? I'm ready. Stay tuned. We have a lot coming up over the next hour. WCBS. Delays of two hours plus. With drive time traffic every five minutes, live from Chopper 880. We're just getting the first look here. Plus all the latest news. Several buildings have been evacuated. WCBS News Radio 880. You know what? Forgiveness is something that a lot of people just simply struggle with, D. And I'm one of those people. So tonight's going to be an exciting show talking about forgiveness. Right? Do you agree? Well, I'm sort of thinking about how it relates to you. Do you you do not forgive easily or you do forgive easily? Both. I don't forgive myself. That's probably my biggest problem. Ah, that's different. Yeah. That's different than forgiving others. Yeah, and that's it's also little... it's also different than asking other people to forgive you. Absolutely. So everybody, I'm John Gassman. They call me JG. We're here in studio tonight, Saturday night, with Deirdre Koppelman, our host of Gut Wisdom Radio that resonates on 880. So let's get into this. And I'm somebody who holds a grudge. Yes, you do. (laughs) For long periods of time. It depends. And when we have our expert join us tonight uh, in just a minute, Emily... Uh, Emily Hooks is the founder of the Forgiveness Academy. Emily is joining us uh, by phone. She's out of Austin, Texas. And I'm really excited because I didn't know that there was ever such a thing as a Forgiveness Academy or that there were forgiveness coaches. And probably more of us need some help in this area. So the wisdom's coming. Yeah, and she wrote a great book. Did you have an opportunity to read the book? I did. The Power of Forgiveness. Tell me about it. It. You know, 140 pages of just chock full of great ideas. The process of it, going through it, self-actualization. And we're going to cover one of your favorite topics, D, empathy. It's a hot topic. Why does that, why in, does that empathy show up in, in just about everything every, we every talk corner about? It like shows yeah. up, a little empathy umbrella. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's welcome Emily. Hey, Emily. Hi, how are y'all? 
Oh, y'all. We all be good now. How y'all be doing down there in Texas? I thought I'd give you a little bit of Texas howdy there. Howdy, y'all. And anybody, any of our listeners who are on the the GWB right now, I'm sure you're real happy to be like, who's that y'all? Y'all. Y'all. Emily, welcome. Welcome. What what can you tell us about um, what inspired you to become the founder of a Forgiveness Academy? Where did that even come from? Sure, yeah. Um, I had many opportunities to practice forgiveness in my own life. Um, And actually, the founding of the Academy and the writing of the book was a very organic and almost spontaneous process. Um, You know, I experienced what many of us experience in childhood, and that's a lot of trauma and some many, many challenges. And uh, as I moved into adulthood, I did not have the tools that I needed to really manage the pain that I felt as a result of those experiences. And I did what some people do, what many people do. I managed that pain with uh, with drugs and alcohol. Hmm. And um, during that time in my life, the first 20 years of adulthood, um, I created a lot of opportunities for self-forgiveness. I caused a lot of pain and, for the people around me, the people that I love the most, um, and uh, for myself as well. Um, and so my healing journey began in 2003. So I, I really started studying what forgiveness meant and mm-hmm. studying spiritual and religious texts from around the world and psychology. And I determined that forgiveness was going to be the foundation of my healing journey. And that's what I did for 15 years. And the book and the Academy came about as a result of some conversations I was having with some friends about forgiveness. What is forgiveness? And they said, wow, you have a very comprehensive understanding of what this means. You should share that with the world. And that's what I've been doing. Well, I uh, thank you. That's amazing. And so often it's from personal experiences that people uh, endeavor on a mission totally to change the world. And obviously this is your why, I guess you would call it, mm-hmm. your mission. It is. It is. It was absolutely my mission to share the power and purpose of forgiveness with the world. You know, so 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 often I find people think about forgiveness, and I was thinking about this for myself, and you address it in the book. Uh, you know, forgiveness is not just about moving on and pretending that either something didn't happen or forgetting about things or the lack of justice or letting someone else off the hook. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, so, it's none of those things. And that's one of the biggest challenges that people face in the process is getting all of those ideas commingled and conflated with what forgiveness truly is. So so for our listeners, Emily, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is uh, a process of self-actualization. And in that process of that evolution towards I don't know who we're supposed to be in life, back to ourselves, you know, Um, what we're doing uh, quite naturally, if we know how to do it, is moving through the pain that we feel as a result of the things that have happened. So the big three are shame, anger, and resentment. And we're really um, exchanging those in this process of allowing the pain to move through us for self-love, self-compassion, and empathy for other people. So there you go with the empathy umbrella again. I think empathy is the theme of many things because it's about, um, you know, 
human suffering happens as a result of a sense of separation, and empathy is the cure for that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's profound. So I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. There's shame, anger, and resentment. And in order to move through shame, anger, and resentment, right, we have to change those to self-love. What was the second one? Self-compassion. Okay. Self-compassion. And then, of course, the fabulous empathy. So why is it then, why, uh, Emily, is it, why is forgiving someone else so hard sometimes and easier other times. And I and I'll speak out of you know personal experience. There are some people, for example, in this studio, his name is JG. Shh, oh. Don't tell him. <laughs> uh I mean there are times that, you know You wanna kill me? Uh no, never <laughs> never quite that drastic, but where I have been, you know, really slayed, you know, hurt and I'm so angry um, and I don't really hold the grudge for very long. I think maybe it goes a couple of days and that's pretty much it. And yet there are other people who could even, you know, be family that the hurt has been there. And I'm so just totally shocked at whatever the behavior was or whatever that I could go for years not talking to somebody. So I, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm thinking our listeners can probably relate. Maybe it has to do with the person. Maybe it has to do with the issue. But as a as the founder of the Forgiveness Academy, and this has been your life's work, why is it easier to forgive some and not others? Mm. Well, um, the answer to the question, and you know, it's a little bit tricky. There can be multiple reasons. But in general, the answer to the question is we don't want to see our part um, in in the things that are more difficult to forgive. Mm. Um, so forgiveness really is about recognizing that we're not victims and we're not perpetrators. We're complicated human beings just like everyone else. And <clears throat> it can become um, difficult to forgive um, when we get really attached to the judgments that we have about what happened. Uh, judgment is the arch enemy of forgiveness, and we have to be willing to look past it and into that compassion and that empathy in order to truly forgive. And sometimes we're just not willing to do that. I'm taking notes because there you are just spewing wisdoms. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're here for. You are not kidding. Hmm. So, and I will say... I will say this, uh, the longer something has been, the more difficult it can be as well. And the reason for that is because with time, we develop a very comprehensive and well thought out uh, story that we have about what happened. Yeah, I knew 100%. you would say that. And that's the yeah. and we're sticking to it, right? It's like that. Yeah, right. It plays that's in our heads. I mean, I have, yeah. there it's are people the that, that I that know. It never ends. It's, it goes, exactly. It's a loop. Well, think about this. So. I mean, every family, and we'll just keep it to families right now. Every family, I am sure there are either siblings don't talk. I know of people where the the um, parent and child don't talk. Cousins mm-hmm. don't speak. I mean, this goes on in every family. What's yes. interesting is when you start talking to the older generations, right, mid-70s, 80s, they remember those stories, right, like tape recorders, from 35 years ago, 40 years ago, so-and-so was late to, you know, uh, a dinner that I was serving. And she said, that, and we're talking mega, mega decades ago, but it's the story. Right. You're 100% right. It's that story that they keep in their head that they don't let go of. 
Right. And what people don't realize is the story isn't the same thing as what happened. The story, and there's a lot of research that shows we have an extraordinary capacity to fill in details. And that doesn't mean something didn't didn't happen. If we were injured or we perceive we were injured, then that's real and true. Um, But the stories, they're not really the same thing. They're never what happened. Hmm. I wonder if saying sorry would 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 solve a lot of things, even if you don't think <clears throat> that you did anything wrong to upset somebody. Um, mm-hmm. But 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 I, I guess what I'm saying is, if you're using empathy and you're understanding some, what somebody's saying and what they're feeling, whether or not you agree with that or not, which means it is absent of judgment, right? You apologize, right? But isn't it, wouldn't it be more appropriate simply? Not to just merely say, I'm sorry, but, you know, the process of it or the steps are, you know, you say sorry, you know, I'm sorry, this is what I did, why I did it, you know, demonstrating that level of empathy in the conversation. Yeah, you're getting better at that, JG, you know. Why, 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 thank you so much. I, I don't know what to say. You know, sometimes, um, you know, when, you know, coming up, we want to talk about also not just holding grudges and being able to forgive others, but also about forgiving ourselves for potentially mistakes that we've made and, you know, removing judgment also and regrets uh, from our life. And and I, I know that, Emily, you the book that you have, <clears throat> you've promised to give three listeners. Is that correct tonight? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. So the first three listeners to email me, not while you're driving, at dk at gutwisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M.com, will get a free copy of Emily's book, The Power of Forgiveness, which is The Guide to Healing and Wholeness. Hmm. JG, what did, what's one wisdom, before we, before we kind of cut and then start talking about forgiving ourselves, what's one wisdom that you got from Emily just in this short 10, 13, 12, 11 minutes. The importance of creating some space. It's amazing. I, I didn't get that at all. You know, here's, <laughs> here's the, because I related to a story that I've gone through in my family. Yeah. And you know what? You need a little time to let go of this, you know, put it aside, think about it. Right. And then really hear the other side of the story. You know, hmm. not just what I see, mm-hmm. thought, and felt. Mm-hmm. I have to understand why they did what they did. But I have to be in a frame frame of mind where I don't have that judgment. You know, I have to create this level playing field, a right. space, as I'll call it, where I'm open yes. without judgment to having a conversation. Well, actually, you know what? To that point, you did that not too, not too far long ago um, when you and I had something, if you remember. And one of your first questions was, is there anything we can't solve? And are you open to listening? So that was actually, you did practice that. So let's talk about forgiving ourselves coming up with Emily Hooks. Stay tuned. Get the news you need whenever and wherever you need it. Follow WCBS on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You can even listen to WCBS on your phone with live streaming and audio on demand with the CBS local app. Stay connected with your favorite news radio station all day long. When you need to know, WCBS has you covered. You know, before we get back to this whole topic of forgiveness, I have to say... You want to... You're forgiving me. 
You yes. Want, you want me to forgive you? Will you please forgive me already? <laughs> it's the Day of Atonement. But, you know, last week we had such an amazing show here. The live event. The live event at the Adorama yes. Theater. And we had Dr. Michael Gelb live in studio, who's a highly regarded sleep expert. Yes. And we talked about the importance of sleep and how resilient we become when we have enough sleep. And I have to tell you, I've been working like a dog. Yeah. And I could see... How the lack of sleep, last night I only had five and a half hours, the night before I had four hours, how that lack of sleep right. has really impacted and affected the way I work. My concentration levels right. are down well, and he, he, I'm not... He was talking about sleep hygiene as well. Hygiene, He right. brought up <laughs> wisdoms about sleep that I have never heard about. Totally. So listen up, Gut Wisdom listeners. Dr. Gelb is a rock star. He's amazing. He He can put together for you... Such a great, comprehensive, personalized plan to help you sleep better and be more resilient, be more awake, be more up to your game. If you're interested, email Deirdre at dkgutwisdom.com. We'll send you a free copy of his book called GASP, G-A-S-P, Airway to Health. It's the hidden path to wellness. And if you're one of the first to email Deirdre, we will even get you a discounted uh, session with Dr. Gell. Yep, consultation. Great consultation. So let's get back to tonight, the topic of forgiveness. Why is self-forgiveness harder to do than forgiving others? You know, tonight we're giving wisdoms all about forgiveness. I'm John Gassman, as everybody knows. We're here with Deirdre in studio talking about this hot topic. Yes, we are. And if you're just tuning in, it's got wisdom. Just so you know. And who yes. do we have tonight? We've got Emily Hooks. Yes. Coach, author, speaker, and founder of the Forgiveness Academy. Who would have ever known a Forgiveness Academy? Think about... But we all need it. Well, think about what's going on in the world. You talk about holding grudges. I forgive Trump. Oh, please. Let's not get started. <laughs> so, Emily, Emily calling in from Austin, Texas, y'all. What's up? Hey, hey. <laughs> welcome to Gut Wisdom. You, I know you have wisdoms on forgiveness. So, Emily, you're a coach, you're an author, you've spent your life's work in forgiveness and forgiveness training. Yeah. Why, if you would help us and our listeners understand, why is self-forgiveness harder than forgiving others? There are a handful of reasons Um that self-forgiveness is more difficult than forgiving another person, not the least of which is we are taught from a very early age, and in fact, most people still teach their children to be very, very self-critical. We train our our children to self-regulate by being harsh with punishment mm. and That's what we learn. We learn that in order for us to be right in the world, in order for us to be accepted, we need to carry, you know, carry the burden of remorse with us all the way to the grave. And that if we get to a place of peace and understanding as it relates to the mistakes that we've made, and I speak from experience here, um, having, you know, made huge mistakes as a parent. And, you know, I'm sure most of your listeners, any of your listeners who are parents understand that there's probably nothing more difficult to forgive oneself for than making mistakes, perceived mistakes as a parent. Um, So we're really, we're taught to be critical and to hold on to that criticalness. Um, And so 
Uh, we have to unlearn that. We have to learn to have an experience of value for the self and value for um, for our own peace, so right? how, for how our were, own happiness. How were you able to do that? Or can you give us an example? Since we are, it seems, so hardwired because we were taught at a very early age to be so self-critical and and so not forgiving, right, of ourselves. Mm-hmm. How do you How do you break that? You break it by understanding the importance of it, by cultivating habits that create um, an experience. And by experience, I mean it literally. I don't mean the idea of self-love or the idea of compassion. I mean, like, you know, seeing a baby smiling or hearing a baby laugh or watching a funny animal video on YouTube or on Facebook, that feeling of lightness um, and comfort in the body that we experience when we feel love for another human being, we need to learn how to do that. And it's actually quite easy to learn. We just have to realize that we're not doing it um, and we can. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's it's our natural state. So it's really, you know, as soon as we open the door and we create a practice around it, you know, you know, once a day, twice a week, whatever you can do of taking time to really love and appreciate yourself exactly the way you are. Now there's the key, right? Remember judgment is the enemy of forgiveness. Which we're not we're not talking about an idea of who we are. We're talking about who we are, you know. You know, the addict or the liar or the, you know, the cheat or the person that's always late or the person who doesn't have the courage to speak up when they want to. You need to love that person because it's who you are. Right. Um, you know, when your first chapter, you, you uh, I think it's called What Forgiveness Is and What It's Not, you have this amazing quote by, uh, I think it was Oprah, maybe. True forgiveness mm-hmm. is when you can say, quote, thank you for that experience, unquote. Yes. Thank you for that experience, because we have to learn that it's just a moment in time. That time will go by. What you learn from it is what's important. Well, I think, <clears throat> yeah, I'm sitting here sort of wondering, and it, my my mind is expanding into other areas that are very current, very relevant. Think about body shaming, and if mm-hmm. and and if you would. I would say accept without judgment, but love who you are, whether you're just like you were saying before, you know, nobody's perfect. And and I'm sure we all have these aspects to our personalities that, you know, we're pretty well aware of. Some of us are, you know, one way or another. So if, if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly, it's taking those pieces of ourselves that may not be the best. And maybe those are the parts of ourselves that we don't want other people to see and identifying with it and saying, Hey, you know what? It's okay. That's who I am. Yes. It's part of all of me. It's not it's not the only part of me. Right? So right. think about, you know, body shaming and body image. Okay, well why not be able to accept and love, right? It sort of applies in my crazy thinking this way. No, absolutely. It, it that is forgiveness when when we stop shaming ourselves for being the person that we are, we're practicing self-forgiveness. Forgiveness ultimately is just changing the way we see something. It's finding the, 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 the meaning in something that creates peace for us, right? That's grounded in truth. We can't just make things up, right? Right, of course. Um, right. 
Um, I'd like to go back to the question because you asked why it's harder, and there's another really, really important reason that self-forgiveness is harder um, than forgiving others, and that's the nature of the process. So if you go back to the definition, it's getting present to the pain that we feel. Mm -hmm. And the reality is getting present to the pain that we feel as a result of the harm we have caused in the world or we perceive we have caused in the world is a much more acute experience. So I'll give it a personal example. <clears throat> when uh, I was in the depth of my addiction, uh, I went to my uh, to my parents' house and I picked my son up uh, and I, I missed him terribly and I wanted to spend some time with him, but I was also <clears throat> suicidal at the time and I had a gun in my car that was oh. loaded and cocked. And it was under the format of, uh, of my car uh, on the passenger side. And he was probably eight years old at the time. Mm-hmm. And he picked that gun up. Oh. oh, my God. Yes. This was a true story. This happened. And at the time, you know, I obviously I took the gun away from him and I, you know, and I ridiculed myself and I beat myself up and I hated myself. And it was just another terrible, horrible thing that I had done as a parent, and this is just one example. Right. When I reached the point of recognizing that I had to forgive myself in order to survive, mm-hmm. I, I, um, I realized that as long as I was holding on to that pain and, and living my life as if I had done everything wrong as a parent, Mm-hmm. What I was telling my son, Zach is his name, is that there was something wrong with him, that I had somehow made mistakes that were so fundamentally far from the life he was supposed to live that he was broken, that he was mm. other than he was supposed to be. This is a really important thing to recognize when it comes to self-forgiveness. I don't have the power to take another person off their God-given course. Nobody does. I don't know my son's purpose in life. I don't know his journey, right? Would I do it differently? Of course I would. I, of course I would. Right. But we can't, we can't do it differently. The past is the past. And what my job as a parent is and what our job, I think, as fellow human beings is, is to create space for people to live their lives with the possibility that it's exactly the way it was supposed to be. And as long as we're holding on to our own um belief that we somehow are terrible human beings and we've, you know, taken other people off their course, they're not, they don't have that space to see that for themselves. Hmm. That is profound. It makes me think about, and thank you for sharing. Yeah. It makes me think about what about, you know, think about the guilt and shame that let's say, you know, a child is born, mother dies at, you know, in childbirth. Right. How how Mm -hmm. far does that person go in their life, perhaps blaming themselves, right, for potentially, you know, the death of that of of their mother. Mm -hmm. Right. So how do you forgive yourself? So so I'm just listening to you. These are these are wisdoms that can be applied to so many different scenarios, so many different scenarios. And and how old is Zach now? How old is your son now? He's 26. Hmm. Yeah, and he's a lovely human being, and I adore him, and he I think he adores me. <laughs> I him, bet he but... does. How could he not? You're so self-aware. What was, 
What was sort of rock bottom for you where it was a turning point? What was the turning point for you? So in late 2002, I had been in the depths of um, an addiction that had left me homeless um, for an extended period of time. Um, I was in a relationship with uh, with a person for, I don't know, about 18 months, I guess. And um, uh, in November of 2002, I overheard a conversation he was having with some people that I didn't know where he tried to sell me, um, like merchandise. Um, wow. And in that moment, um, I had... I don't know what I can only describe as a moment of grace where my perspective shifted. Um, you know, you hear stories and you see in movies about how your entire life plays out in front of you. And that happened in that moment. And I, I realized I was going to die. And it was very likely um, at that point in my life. And um, that my family was going to bury me and all they would be able to say is what a tragic life I'd lived. Mm. And when I saw myself through the eyes uh, that, that those men saw me through really as less than human, um, a sense of self-compassion emerged in me that I had literally never felt before, um, at least not that I recall. And that was that compassion that emerged was the spark uh, and, that changed everything. And as a result, also incredibly profound, you're, how do people find you? Because I know you're a coach and you're the founder of the Forgiveness Academy. How do listeners find you? The easiest way to find me is to go to emilyjhooks.com or forgivenessacademy.com. Um, I have a lot of information on my website. I'm also all over social media. I'm happy to share those those links with you. Um, and they can contact me through the uh, contact page on the website, or my email address is emily at forgivenessacademy.com. And I would love to hear people's personal challenges and, and their journeys and their triumphs. Fantastic. Um, and And I know, as you had mentioned earlier, the first three listeners that email me uh, at DK at gutwisdom.com, they'll get a free copy of your book, The Power of Forgiveness, A Guide to Healing and Wholeness, correct? Yes, absolutely. So that's the first three. Aw, thank you. So that's Emily at forgivenessacademy.com, correct? Yes. Great. And if uh, the first three listeners are uh, interested in getting a free copy of Emily's book, The Power of Forgiveness, shoot me an email. Stay tuned. We have another hour. No, not another hour. We've got a couple of more wisdoms coming up in the next few minutes. When you're on the train, it doesn't mean you're out of touch. Listen to WCBS on your phone or tablet. We're streaming live 24-7 with the news you need to know. Go to radio.com or cbsnewyork.com and you'll stay informed on your way to and from the office with WCBS News Radio 880. Last week we had uh, Michael Gelb, remember? Dr. Michael Gelb. Dr. Michael Gelb. Well, he said I could call him Michael. Oh, and I've been seeing him. I don't know, listeners, if, yes, if we you've know been you've following been this story. <laughs> um, I have not been sleeping well. Let me put it to you this way. I thought I had been sleeping well. And in fact, I was waking up and I was just feeling as exhausted uh, in the morning as I was when I was uh, going to bed at night. So, so you started seeing Dr. Michael Gelb. So, you're so funny, <laughs> JG. So... 
Dr. Michael Gelb is a sleep expert, and here's what's interesting about sleep, and we had him on last week in our live show at the Adorama Theater. Yes. Michael is explaining that there are a lot of symptoms yeah. uh, related to not being able to sleep or poor quality of sleep, which of course affects exactly. our health and wellness, mm-hmm. that we very often blame on a whole bunch of other things, especially that catch-all, I'm stressed Stress. out, and that's why I'm so tired. So I've started, based on Dr. Michael Gelb's assistance, I've started to uh, make my appointments. I'm going to see him for an evaluation to really understand what's going on with the quality of my sleep because I believe my symptoms could have something to do even with my airways. So listeners, um, we encourage you, if you're interested and you email me at dkgutwisdom.com, we'll send you a e-copy of Dr. Gelb's book, which is called GASP, Airway Health, which is, of course, the hidden path to wellness. And if you um, are interested, we may even be able to give you a little bit of a discount on a consultation with Dr. Michael Gelb, uh, because he's really brilliant and sleep is very, very important. And uh, yeah, so email me and we'll, we'll hook you up with Dr. Gelb. So I forgive you for being so tired on the show always. Oh, well, I I'm working you. on it. Yes. You know, I tried his, you know, the number of hours of sleep, but then I learned from him that it's not always about the hours no, of sleep. No, we said it's the quality. It's the quality. And that's your challenge. Well, I'm working on it. I'm going to see Dr. Gelb. So back to the show. Let's get on this. Yes, I want to know more me. about Yes, I forgive you now. Let's move yes. on. So, so I want to know what the first steps are in terms of going through the forgiveness process. No? You don't no. want to know that? What do you well, want to know? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you have a hard time forgiving others when they hurt you? No. Uh, okay. I don't know <laughs> if I agree with that. Do you find it hard to forgive yourself? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm hard on myself. Well, I expect. Who are you? I'm JG. I'm John Gassman. You're John Gassman. Co-host of the show. <laughs> right. You're listening to Gut Wisdom. I'm Deirdre Koppelman. And we have calling in from uh, Austin, Austin, Texas, because this show is all about tonight. Anyway, it's about forgiveness. And we have Emily Hooks, who's a coach, author, speaker, and founder of the Forgiveness Academy. And listeners, if you're just tuning in and you want to really understand uh, about forgiveness and how to forgive others and get rid of those grudges and how to ask for forgiveness, we encourage you to reach out to Emily at Emily. uh, Emily, is it Emily at? Emily at ForgivenessAcademy.com. Yep, Emily at com. So as we're picking up, what are, what are the steps, right? Is that where you were going? Yeah. JG? I, you know, there, everything has a process. And obviously, whether, whether it's forgiving others, because I forgive you, or you forgive me, or blah, if it's forgiving blah, myself. Blah. I forgive you. <laughs> there's a process. So I what, always forgive you. Thank you. So what is the process? How? What are the next steps in leading sure. to forgiveness. To begin forgiving. Yes. Okay. To begin forgiving, yeah. To begin. So, to begin. So, there are, in, in Chapter 3 of the book, um, I talk about an eight-step process that you can use to go all the way through the process. And step one in that process is to get clear on why you're practicing forgiveness at this moment in time as it relates to that one thing. Mm-hmm. And that's really important because it motivates us to keep moving through the process. You know, JG, you said at the beginning of the show, it's painful. It's difficult. The reason people don't keep going through the process is because it's not 
fun. Um, it's also the reason that coaching is helpful because we get stuck um, in the process sometimes and we don't want to get present to the discomfort of it, especially uh, when it's self-forgiveness work. Um, so that's the quote-unquote first step. But there's also a very natural first step that happens, and it happens before this, and it's, it's, a, it's getting present to the pain that you feel. Um, because that's what ultimately will compel us uh, to, to go through the process. And would you agree, um, based on your own experience, if you don't get present to the pain, this is just my sort of thought, if you don't get present to the pain, you will find ways that are probably unhealthy uh, to deal with that pain. If, you're, if you don't, until, until you recognize it, and as you say, get present with it, uh, the pain does not just evaporate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's where all compulsive behaviors come from. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be addiction. It can be, you know, um, any compulsive mm, redirection of our focus, right? That's what mm -hmm. we're doing is we're trying to avoid something. Mm -hmm. you know, chronic anxiety uh, is often a result of this too. We're trying desperately to avoid feeling something that's a, that's, it's there for us to feel. Um, you know, that's how this started for me. I literally tried everything else. I tried numbing the pain. I tried suicide. I tried being around extraordinarily dangerous people that would, you know, end it for me and nothing else worked. <laughs> so, you know, we have to get present to the pain and we're talking about the fundamental pain, right? The humiliation, right. the fear, the sadness. And we do that in the absence of judgment, in the absence of analysis and trying to figure something out. And we just allow it to come and allow it to go. And that's how we start the process. Yeah, it's hard for a lot of people to feel or experience that sensation of pain or sadness or or resentment or shame, whatever it may be. Some people just don't want to stay there for long enough to become self-aware. Yeah, I would say most people don't yeah. want to. I mean... There are protective mechanisms that yep. we put in place that just don't want to go there. But again, it doesn't evaporate. So yeah. <clears throat> getting present to it, absent of judgment, mm -hmm. and staring that humiliation or that shame or the fear. Right, in the face. In the face. Mm. Right, Emily? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the reason people resist it, first of all, it's uncomfortable, so that's a yeah. natural <laughs> reason to resist it. But there's another reason, and that is they have the false belief that they'll fall apart, that somehow if they get present to the pain, they're going to become, quote-unquote, depressed or whatever, that they won't be able to get up and go to work in the morning. And that's not what happens. What causes that phenomenon to happen is our judgment about how we feel. We, we shouldn't feel this way. It's wrong to feel this way. You know, yeah, those you know, absolutes, the absolutes of what's right and what's wrong. That kills us. Right. Right. Yeah. You talk about, you know, earlier about, you know, how we are hardwired from when, you know, we were children. I just said, you know, too many times, but anyway, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Y'all you know from know. Austin. I think I, know. I, uh, I think I know. I know growing up, it was all about learning right from wrong. Everything was an absolute. This was right and this was wrong. There was never any gray. And I think that can lead to uh, those those beliefs. Yeah. You know, we have to appreciate that it's very convenient to raise people who believe those things. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in your small world, in your unit. But the world, you know, 
we you mentioned earlier about how crazy the world is right now and you know a lot of that is a result of this this indoctrination that there's a right and a wrong that's somehow knowable and applicable to everyone um and it's it's and absent i think it's absent of forgiveness it's no different than these family, you know, these familial relationships where, you know, Aunt Rosie isn't talking to Aunt Sarah, you know, for 35 years. Um, right. Take our history and of all people that have been afflicted, all, they're, they're, I don't know that there are just one group or another. There, there are groups of people that have been afflicted and... There, the forgiveness aspect of forgiving the past. I think in order to move forward, you have to be able to forgive. Right, and it's not about forgetting. No, it's not. And that's where I think a lot of people get mixed up. Right, would you say that, Emily, in, in, in your coaching and forgiveness, forgiveness is not about forgetting what happened, and it's not about letting somebody off the hook. Well, pushing it under the rug, sweeping it under the rug. right. No, it's about falling in love with it. Falling in love with forgiveness. Wow. We that could all, be a book, too. So we let's all do that. Have, here, here's what I'm hearing from this. What? We all have so much self-forgiveness work to do. Yes. For ourselves and for others. Yes. Yeah. I, I would agree. So, Emily, um, what are, let's say, your top five wisdoms, since it's gut wisdom, uh, in forgiveness that you want all of us to take away tonight, noodle that we can practice and maybe even shift our thinking about? Mm-hmm. Top five, that's hard. So I think the number one most important thing to do is to get as clear as you can about what forgiveness is and what it is not. There's mm-hmm. a whole chapter in my book about it. And, you know, I say in the introduction, don't skip this. You may think you know, but if you're if you're stuck in non-forgiveness for something, then you probably don't know because it's the, it's it's confusing these concepts of reconciliation or of justice. Okay, so so we got that. So before we run out of time, so we know we have to get clear on what forgiveness is and what it's not. What's another one? Absolutely. Understand the benefits of forgiveness. Um, what are you going to get out of it? Right. That's what motivates us. Hmm. Um. Uh, and the, there are many, many benefits from psychological to spiritual to physiological, including helping you live longer and be happier. <laughs> so True. you can't do much better than that. Awesome. Um, Another wisdom. Begin to become more aware of how your body responds to how you feel. Mm. I know that sounds a little strange, but it becomes an extraordinarily powerful learning tool if you can increase your emotional awareness. And the best way, the, the easiest and most universal way to do that is what, what is called somatic awareness, which is, you know, when, when somebody cuts me off on the road, how, you know, I get angry, but how does my body feel? Um, because the more awareness we have of that, the greater capacity we have to experience the pain that we, that we, that we need to process. Okay. That's number three. That's a good one. We'll give you, come on, one more. You are full of wisdoms. Empathy. Empathy, baby. I knew you'd say that. Yes. So important to the process. It's so important to being human. What does it mean? It means recognizing your common humanity over all else. That's it. 
There you go. That's all it means. There you go. Well, Emily, Emily, we we want to thank you, and we also want to let our listeners know how to find you. JJ. How do they find you? Emily at ForgivenessAcademy.com. Correct? And listeners, we've got three of Emily's books. If you email me at dk at gutwisdom.com, we'll send you a free copy of Emily's book, The Power of Forgiveness, A Guide to Healing and Wholeness. JG, you got a couple of minutes. Go, boy. All I can tell you is this has been an amazing show. I've learned a lot from this, and it's all about practicing some self-love, you know, forgiving others, learning the steps and the process. Mm -hmm. And I would share with others, if if you've missed our show and you're interested in listening to other previously aired episodes, either go to our website at gutwisdom.com or download a previous podcast at iTunes.com and you can hear all of our great shows. This is number 51, I think, for us. It's number 51. So a big thank you to our forgiveness expert, Emily Hooks, and to you, our listeners and our partners at WCBS News Radio 880. Have a great Saturday night. See you. You've been listening to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880, sponsored by the Gelb Center. Don't lose another night's sleep. Visit the sleep and wellness experts at gelbcenter.com. Gut Wisdom comes your way every Saturday night at 7 p.m. on WCBS 880 or anytime at gutwisdom.com. That's wisdom spelled with a Z.